Hey, good morning, Spirit Church. How's everybody doing today? It's raining. I feel that. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing this morning. All right, come on, sing this with me. Remember those walls that we called sin and shame? They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came, and he died, and he rose. Those walls are up on now. Remember those giants we called death and grave. They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came, and he died, and he rose. Those giants are dead now. This is our God. This is who He is. He loves us. And this is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away Faith so weak that we could barely pray But he heard every word, every whisper Now those altars in the wilderness Tell the story of his faithfulness And never once Nobody but Jesus Who pulled me out of that pit He did, he did Who paid for all of our sin Nobody but Jesus Who rescued me from that grave Yahweh, Yahweh Who gets the glory and praise Nobody but Jesus Who rescued me from that grave Yahweh, Yahweh, who gets the glory and praise? Nobody but Him. This is our God. This is who He is. He loves us. And this is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. He bore the cross. He beat the grave. shout of praise this morning. you've kept and every need you've met 
like we just sang, we're going to bring our prayers and petitions to God this morning. We'd like to invite the prayer team up front. If you have a need for a prayer, we'd love to connect with you today. I love you. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been It's running out. 
after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. We praise your name. Can we take a moment and just thank him for his goodness this morning, Lord? You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all glory, of all honor, anything that we can give unto you, Lord. Let us do so today, Father. You are more than enough. You are more than worthy. So, Father, we just sing out your praises this morning. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Whenever we don't know what to say, Lord, you allow us to continually say hallelujah. Praise his name because, God, you are more than enough. Father, we love you so much, and we praise your name in advance of what you're about to do here in this place today. We come expecting your move, your miraculous to occur, Father. We love you so much. Here at Spirit Church, we truly believe in the power of prayer, and we also believe in the power of unity. So to practice those two things and set our hearts and minds on our Heavenly Father this morning, would you join with me in saying the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen. Hey, let's give God one more shout of praise this morning. And let's get excited to be in his presence today. Man, it is so awesome to be here and to be a part of this amazing community of God that he's blessed us with. Hey, I want to challenge you. Turn to your neighbor, give him a fist bump, let him know who you are, and then ask them if they're enjoying this weather. You know, I'm going to be praying that God turns the rain into snow because if it's going to be this brutal, it might as well snow. You know what I'm saying? All right, go ahead, greet somebody, and turn your attention to the screens. Hey everyone, welcome to Spirit Church. I'm Jason and along with my wife Robin, we are so honored to lead this amazing church family. Thank you for joining us for worship today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you a part of our church family and we would love to connect with you. If you're here in person, you can use this QR code on the screens beside me to fill out your guest card or your connect card. And if you're joining us online, you can go to spirit.church guest or spirit.church connect. This is a great way for you to stay connected and for our staff to serve your family better. It's also a wonderful way to let us know about your prayer requests. If you are new to Spirit Church, welcome. We're so glad to have you today. Robin and I would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. We would love to get to know you better, shake your hand, pray with you. We've got a small gift that we want to give you today before you leave. 
Also, if you're a guest, please feel no pressure to give. However, if you're here today and you would like to give, here are three easy ways you can. You can use a giving envelope located out in the commons and put it in the kiosk as you leave. You can give online at spirit.church give, or you can conveniently give using our Church Center app. Because of your amazing generosity, events like yesterday's grocery giveaway were able to bless hundreds of families right here in our community. Thank you for being so faithful. Now, I've got a few announcements for you. Clear your calendar for Wednesday night. It's first Wednesday when we bring our entire church family together for an extended time of worship and prayer. We'll be receiving communion together. There'll be a special devotional time. You don't want to miss it. We have childcare available from birth through age five, but we really encourage you to bring your children into the worship experience and let them participate as our church family comes together to honor the Lord. It's this Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Don't miss it. Our growth track class is next Sunday, November 5th, during the 11 a.m. worship experience. So you'll want to go to either the 8 a.m. or the 9.30 a.m. worship experience and then come back for the growth track class led by Pastor Grant and Gabby. If you're interested about becoming a member, maybe you just want to find out more about Spirit Church's beliefs, or perhaps you're interested in serving. This is a perfect opportunity for you to get involved in the life of our church. You can easily sign up at spirit.church slash sign up. And lastly, Robin and I want to invite you to our Love and Lumberjacks event on Friday, November the 10th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. It's a great opportunity to invest in your marriage before the busyness of the holidays begins. We value godly, healthy marriages, and we want to help strengthen what God is already doing inside of your hearts and your homes. Please sign up at spirit.church slash sign up. We're providing free child care from birth through the fifth grade to make it easier for you to come. But we need to know that your kids are coming. So please RSVP at spirit.church slash sign up. That'll also help us know how much coffee and dessert to have prepared for you. Don't miss out Love and Lumberjacks Friday, November 10th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Spirit Church, you're the best. Robin and I love you so much and we pray for you daily. Thank you for honoring us last Sunday at Pastor Appreciation Sunday. Our hearts are overflowing with all the expressions of love and kindness that you shared with our family. They'll let just anybody get on the screen, won't they? And it's me again, surprise. Thank you so much for your kindness. I wanted to show you some photos from yesterday, our grocery giveaway. Thanks to our partners at Convoy of Hope for, for providing the food. Thank you, Jessica, for your leadership in organizing our team and Danny Wadsworth, our director of operations. We had many volunteers throughout the week. People were here on Monday to unload the truck. People were here on Tuesday to sack up all the groceries and prepare them. People were here yesterday to distribute them. The event was supposed to begin at 10 a.m., but the line was so long that we started at 9.20 a.m. And uh, throughout the time we were serving, yeah. Throughout the time that we were serving, we were able to bless 380 families in our community yesterday with groceries. A very sweet lady comes through almost every time, and she prepares thank you cards in advance and hands them to Rob and her eye as she goes through the line. And she wrote yesterday, may the grace of God be with you and the church always. Kindness to the Spirit Church volunteers, kindness comes straight from your heart. It's just a part of you, and I'm so very grateful for the thoughtful things you all do. And so it's making an impact as we share love, joy, and peace. Thank you for being a part. Especially thank you to those who were praying. Every single car that came through that wanted it was prayed over. So whether it was just may the Lord bless you and protect you or praying for a specific need, we had an opportunity to pray with them as well. One more applause this morning. How about the volunteers that are in the parking lot with umbrellas today that are helping get us in the building, our parking lot team? Yeah, they are so important. Well, I love everything about Spirit Church. Robin and I do so much, but one of the things that we love the most and one of the things that was always on my heart if the Lord ever gave me a chance to pastor was that I wanted to pastor a missions-oriented church, a church that not just only believes in what God is doing here but believes in the call that is happening around the world. This past July, our team got an opportunity to travel to Bethel, Alaska and to serve with Steve Pavic. I hear, who, who went with me? I hear some hooping and hollering. 
Yeah, some noise being made. And so today, I'm very honored that my friend Steve Pavic is here to share with us. He's going to challenge us and open our hearts to God's Word. It's an incredible message. It really touched my heart in the first service. So I want you to lean into this. He's going to share some of the vision of what God is doing in Alaska, but he's also going to teach us from the Word of God to step outside of our comfort zones. And it's a powerful message for all of us. What Stephen does is he's a Chi Alpha missionary. Chi Alpha is an organization through the Assemblies of God that has Bible clubs or uh, campus clubs on university campuses where we need a godly Christian witness. And he's a product of Chi Alpha ministry, and I don't want to steal all of his story, but he's going to challenge our hearts. Let me say this as Stephen prepares to come. Wednesday night at First Wednesday, we're going to announce and officially open the registration for all three of our 2024 missions trips. So you want to be here to get all the details about that. But I can tell you this morning that one of the trips for next year is that we are going back to Bethel, Alaska, and we're going to work with Steve Pavic and his team again. Would you stand up on your feet this morning with me, and would you help me to welcome my friend Steve Pavic? All right. Thank you, Spirit Church. It is good to be here, and thank you for investing in what's happening in Alaska. Uh, like Pastor Jason said, my name is Steve. My wife's name is Erin. I got a picture of her here, uh, and that's our dog, Cade. And uh, no kiddos yet, but uh, Cade is, uh, he's approaching 50 in dog years, and he still doesn't have a full-time job, and he lives in our basement. So please pray for him. Uh, but Aaron and I do Chi Alpha at UAA, University of Alaska, Anchorage in Alaska. And when I was a, I was actually, like Pastor Jason said, I'm a product of Chi Alpha. Uh, I was part of Chi Alpha at North Dakota State University. And a little bit about our story and how we got to Alaska. I got to spend a summer in Alaska when I was a junior in college and found out about two needs. The first one was that there was a campus in Alaska of 17,000 students at the University of Alaska Anchorage without a single college ministry on that campus. I was at North Dakota State where I could have chosen from one of 12 different vibrant college ministries and there was not a single one happening at UAA. And I remember thinking to myself, that's really silly. Somebody needs to do something about that. And the Lord just said, well, maybe you should do something about it, Steve. That same summer, I got to travel to Western Alaska, and my eyes were open to a need that I did not know existed in the backyard of our country. When I got put on a bush plane and uh, brought to a, a little village, and then put on another bush plane and brought to a smaller village, and then put on a four-wheeler to be brought to the banks of the Yukon River, and then put on a boat and boated 17 miles up the Yukon River to an island that was home to a Bible camp for students from several different villages in this area. Now, I have a map of Alaska. I want to show this to you because it's hard to imagine being in Oklahoma. It's hard to imagine just the, the scope of what this place is. If Alaska was its own country, it would be the sixth largest country in the world. All right. So we can't really because usually, you know, when we're learning about Alaska, in like grade school, it's, it's in the bottom corner of our map near Hawaii. And it's just kind of like small. There's like one city on it, and we're convinced that only polar bears live there. Uh, there's actually, there are people in Alaska. And this place is huge. From the northernmost part of Alaska to the southernmost part of Alaska would be like traveling from North Dakota to Texas. From east to west is the distance between Georgia and California. Not kidding. And these are the only roads that exist in the entire state. So we were out here in western Alaska, near Imanic, out here on the Yukon River Delta. We were literally closer to Russia than we were an American road. And out there, I learned about the fact that there were 100 villages in Alaska without a consistent gospel witness. Meaning that the gospel has come, but people have not stayed. There's church buildings, but very few people willing to go and pastor in those church buildings. And so we got to this camp, and these kids started to show up to this camp, and we started to hear their stories throughout the week. And we started to hear stories of domestic violence. We started to hear stories of, of substance abuse. We started to hear stories of murder and suicide having affected many of these students' immediate families. 
And I started to ask one of the missionaries that was out there, I said, is this normal? He said, Steve, it's even worse than you can imagine. So in fact, I don't think that there's a single young lady in my church above the age of four that hasn't been sexually molested in some way. And I remember thinking to myself, how did I not know about this need that existed in our backyard? And my friends, I watched the power of the gospel break through in these students' lives at this camp. It was like being, I was like I stepped into the book of Acts as we watched signs and wonders and miracles happen at this camp. And literally the countenance of these students changed throughout the week as they accepted Christ and experienced freedom, many of them for the first time, right? And the week ends, and we're starting to say goodbye. And these students are saying goodbye. I'm giving them a hug. And every single one of them is asking me the same exact question. Steve, are you going to come back next year? And I said, I don't know. I hope so. But I didn't want to lie to them. I wasn't sure. And I watched as they got in boats and boated down the Yukon River. And as they went around the corner, I started to weep on the banks of the Yukon River knowing that many of these students were going home to villages without churches, without pastors. Many of them were going right back to the hopeless situations that they had described. And I remember standing there as a 21-year-old college student thinking to myself, this is silly, somebody needs to do something about this. And the Lord whispered in my ear and said, Steve, maybe you should do something about it. And I said, God, you, you already told me to do something about the college campus thing. And he, God whispered in my ear again. He said, Steve, I've broken your heart for the college campus and for the rural places of Alaska because I want to use college ministry to impact every single corner of the state. And I said, I don't know what that means, but that sounds like fun. Let's do it, right? And so four years later, my wife and I moved to Alaska to pioneer a Chi Alpha at UAA. And what started as a small group in a living room, I think we have a picture of that, has now expanded and over 200 students have accepted Christ. 140 students have been baptized. This Chi Alpha group literally has sent missionaries to Russia, India, uh, Thailand, Mongolia, and to the villages of Alaska, serving full-time all, all over the world. What started at UAA is now having global impact. And we, we, well, the cool thing is that four years ago, we started to say, God, you said that you wanted to use college ministry to impact every single corner of the state. It's not happening the way we had thought it would. And, and we got a call from a friend who works up on the north slope of Alaska, a county the size of the state of Oklahoma, with 8,000 people living in it, all right? And he says, Steve, do you have any Chi Alpha alumni looking for teaching jobs? Because we have nine teacher positions open in the village of Nuiqsut. Well, there's only 10 teacher positions in the village of Nuiqsut. Nine of them were going to be vacant. Not only that, but there is a church building in Nuiqsut that has sat empty for 30 years. Elders in that community that have begged, literally called denomination headquarter offices in Alaska, begging for a pastor to come and pastor their village. And no one's willing to go live there. And we thought to ourselves, what if? What if four or five of those teacher positions were held by people who wanted to use their degrees for purposes greater than just getting a paycheck? If they went there as not just teachers, but as missionary church planters and disciple makers, we would have a team of missionaries fully funded by the school district with teacher housing provided for them, which means a living room to plant a house church in, and keys to the community center, which is the school, and relational access to every single student in the village, which means you have relational access to every single elder in the village and every single parent in the village. We thought this sounds like maybe it's a God idea. And now, four years later, there are 23 Chi Alpha alumni serving in villages, planting house churches in teams in five different villages along the Kuskokwim River in Alaska. Praise God. Raising up indigenous disciples, which leads us to exactly what your church was doing last summer. Because we need a way to keep these people resourced and trained and keep this movement of house churches unified. 
which is where our new initiative comes in, and we have a video for that, and so you guys can roll that video, and uh, there you go. There are over 100 villages in Alaska without a consistent gospel witness. This narrative is changing through Marketplace Ministry. This is simply ordinary people like me getting secular jobs that allow us to live missionally amongst the people. As we plant house churches and discipleship communities in villages all over the Yukon Cusclum River Delta, we need to keep the movement unified and members of my team resourced. Last year, through a local network partnership, God miraculously provided a solution to this need, a church building in the YK Delta village of Bethel, Alaska. We will need to reconfigure and remodel for the building to operate as the first of several hubs that will become launch pads for marketplace movements in all areas of Alaska. Bethel is one of the most strategic hubs for rural ministry in our state as it services close to half of the villages which are on that list of 100 without a consistent gospel witness. That's why we are calling this our Hub One Initiative, a hub for training future marketplace ministers, a hub for resourcing the teams on the ground, and a hub for equipping future indigenous disciple makers. So how can you share your life in this need as well? It might not look like going, but it can look like giving. We want to invite you to share your life in this endeavor knowing that your partnership is not just affecting a building, but a body of people and a region. You are investing in teams of missionaries, missionaries like me, missionaries like Genesee, Emma, and Cullen. You are also investing in those being discipled and raised up, like Josh or Nicole. To give or to find more information about our Hub One initiative, visit whatihave.org slash hub one. So I want to say thank you to Spirit Church. You guys have invested already in this building and are going to be continuing to invest. And when you are, it is not just investing in a building. You are investing in the 23 missionaries that are on the ground, more to come. You're investing in the five house churches that are getting planted in, in order to keep this thing sustained and give it longevity. The need in Alaska is for people who are willing to not just go, but willing to stay. And we really think that this is part of that staying power. And so thank you, and thank you to your pastor. I don't know if you guys know this, but you guys have a really amazing pastor here at Superior Church. And uh, Jason has quickly become one of, the, uh, one of our, our team's favorite people uh, and favorite people to work with. And so uh, we have materials at the Welcome Center to, for you to know more about this as well as prayer cards. And so... Uh, meet me there afterwards, and I'd love to update you. But we're going to jump into the Word this morning, and uh, we're going to be talking this morning about being full send followers of Jesus. Now, that term might be new to you. How many people know what f going full send means? All right, the average uh, age of the hand raised uh, was pretty low. All right, so this is more of like a Gen Z term, and to go full send, I'm going to educate you on this a little bit because I work with Gen Z, means to go all out and not care about the consequences. To reach a place of reckless abandonment for a cause. So it's used when uh, extreme sport athletes a lot of times, like if you're going to hit a ski jump, you're just going to, you would say, hey, you got to send it or you got to go full send off of this thing. You have to have Reckless abandonment for this cause. In 2018, there was a, a movie that came out called Free Solo. I have a picture of the movie poster. It was a story of this guy named Alex Honnold who decided that he was going to climb El Capitan in Yosemite National Park without ropes. I don't know why you would want to do that, right? But he did it. And I, was, I watched this in a movie theater with my wife, and I came out of the movie theater. The person sitting at the, at like the ticket-taking desk looked at us, and he's like, oh, you just came out of Free Solo, didn't you? <laughs> I said, yeah. He goes, I said, how could you tell? He goes, everybody who comes out of that movie has the same look on their face. They look pale and like they've been through something. I was like, wow, thank you. I, thank you for telling me I look terrible right now. I appreciate that. And I thought to myself, what a silly thing to risk your life for. 
to climb a rock in California. And I thought, as I was watching that movie, I thought to myself, if Alex Honnold can have a full send mentality to do something ridiculous like climbing a rock in California, how much more should we, as followers of Jesus, who are guaranteed to have protection when we do things for Jesus, and even if it goes south, even if it costs us our lives, we have the eternal assurance of spending time with Him. How much more, as, as we, as men and women of God, should we have a mentality to go all out and have reach a place of reckless abandonment for the cause of Christ in our lives? See, Jesus asks for this from every single follower, not just from the missionary who's called to go overseas, not just from the person who's called to full-time vocational ministry, for every person who says, Jesus, I believe that you've paid it all. He expects us to adopt the mentality of the fact that all to him we will owe. And if you're here this morning, you're like, ah, Steve, I don't know about this. I, I don't know if full send Christianity is for me. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm a risk-averse person. I'm a little bit more prone to fear. I have a timid personality. I'm not as charismatic as some people. Being a full send man or woman of God has nothing to do with personality or natural talent. It starts with a mindset. And I will tell you this, that if you want to experience the real thing, if you want to actually experience the fullness of your God-given destiny and the fullness of what it means to be a Christ follower, it requires us to jump all the way into this thing. Amen? And full-send Christianity is actually easier than halvesy Christianity because when we're halvesies, we're kind of split between two different worlds. And we're going back and forth. And full sin Christianity is actually where the freedom lies. And Jesus knew this, and so he called his disciples to greatness. He called his disciples to great sacrifice. And in Luke chapter 9, we run into three people that couldn't quite get there and be full send for Jesus. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We'll be in verse 57 through 62 of Luke 9. We'll be talking about the would-be followers of Jesus. And from these three guys that we're going to meet this morning, I want us to pull three things that we must actively deny in our lives if we are going to be full-send men and women of God. So let's read this passage. It says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to a plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now this is one of those like hard teachings of Jesus where when we read it, we're like, Jesus, you're, you're being a little bit extreme here, right? This sounds a little bit harsh, but we're going to break this down, look at it from the cultural context of the day, and pull three things that we must actively deny in order to be full send men and women of God. The first one is this, is that we need to deny comfort. We need to deny comfort. Full senders understand that they are going to put themselves through strict, uncomfortable training. They're not going to take it easy. This first guy, verse 58, says, I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus. And Jesus looks at him, and he says, Listen, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, just know that we're going to be camping a lot. Camp camping? Like sleep sleeping on the ground camping? Or like camper camping, you know, the fake stuff. No, no offense, no offense, all right? Sleeping on the ground, Jesus? I, you're supposed to be like the Messiah. You're supposed to be this, this incredible dude that has this great following. I was kind of expecting nights at the Hilton, right? And you're telling me we're, ah, I love that, like, he just disappears from the story. There's no response. He just kind of, I just see him, like, drifting back into the crowd. Like, all right, never mind. That's not what I was thinking I was signing up for. Jesus says things are going to get uncomfortable. And we live in a society today that runs from anything that looks like suffering. 
You've been told that whatever, whatever doesn't kill you makes us stronger, but a lot of times we believe that whatever doesn't kill us is going to make us weaker. We pay great tithes to the God of comfort, and let's be honest, we kind of worship safety, don't we, in America? We live in that society, in that culture, in which we, our whole lives, have kind of developed a coddled mentality. And you might be here this morning, and you're like, no, that's not me, Steve. But we're all guilty of it. In fact, we're just going to have some fun this morning. We're going to take a quick little self-assessment quiz and try to assess how coddled are we, all right? So I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to give yourself a self-assessment score, and let's be honest with ourselves, okay? Question number one. If you have a personal vehicle, give yourself two points. Question number two. If you read or watch news from websites that only share your point of view, give yourself two points. If you have a college degree, give yourself two points. If you quit or backed out of something you committed to before completing that commitment, give yourself one point for every time you did that in the last year. If you are living in a residency currently that has electricity, heat, indoor plumbing, or air conditioning, give yourself one point for each of those amenities. And if you currently live in America, give yourself two points. Now, let's just do a quick score assessment. If you scored above one, you are coddled. All right, congratulations. Congratulations. If you live in America, my friends, you are coddled. But the Bible talks about this spiritual toughness that needs to be developed in our lives, and that struggle is good. Hebrews 12, 11 says no discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. James 1 tells us that trials produce perseverance, and perseverance will produce faith. Romans 5, verse 3 says that tribulations bring about perseverance. Perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope, and hope will not disappoint. In Matthew 5, Jesus himself says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you. Not if, but when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is in heaven. So trials and tough things produce training, righteousness, perseverance, character, hope, peace, and reward. And yet we run from them. My friends, what is Jesus calling you to do that is going to be the first step in some spiritual toughness training? It might be something as simple as saying, I'm signing up to go on a short-term missions trip. Shameless plug for Alaska right there, all right? Or it might be something as simple as when that coworker shares what's going on in their life instead of saying, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. We have the bravery to step out and say, can I pray for you in that? It might be as simple as finally inviting that neighbor that has lived next to you for 5, 10, 15 years to come to church with you. To get out of your comfort zone. To get past thinking about just what you think you're capable of doing and your own giftings or your own talents. My friend Genesee, we have a picture of her. She was one of our Chi Alpha students. And Genesee is, uh, is, a, is kind of a, one of those, you know, high-maintenance people, all right? And she would tell you that. She is a, like, coach, purse, touting, Gucci-wearing, like, high-maintenance girl. And she would, like, she wears that badge with a badge of honor, by the way, all right? That is not me being dishonoring. She's, she's proud of that. And the Lord called Genesee to go and teach and be a missionary in a village in Alaska, okay? So now she's like wrestling with this, right? She's like, I don't know, do I want to go? And, and I said, well, Genesee, what are you going to miss the most if you do go? Without hesitation, she says, the mall, all right? She does not fit the mold of Alaskan missionary at all whatsoever, right? She doesn't fish, she doesn't hunt, she doesn't camp, she doesn't do any of that stuff. And today, Genesee has been serving faithfully in the village of Akiak, Alaska, a village on the Kuskokwim River with 400 people, 
where her indoor plumbing sometimes works and sometimes doesn't work, where the grocery store is sometimes stocked with groceries that aren't expired and sometimes it's not, all so that the 400 people in Akiak, Alaska would have the opportunity to know who Jesus is. Faithfully serving there, loves the people well, and is now making disciples and helping lead a house church because she didn't let comfort or her skill set dictate the call of God in her life. Amen? Let's look at the second guy. The second guy teaches us to deny compartmentalization. He looks and he says, hey, let me first go bury my father and then I'll come back. Now, this is kind of like a harsh thing that Jesus says. I've always thought about this, like, wow, Jesus let him go to his dad's funeral. That's obnoxious, right? But when we look at the cultural context of this verse, this person, this, this young man would have not had a whole lot of freedom to do his own thing culturally until after his father passed away. Then he would be put in charge of the estate, and he would be able to have the decision as to what happens with that estate. But until then, he was kind of handcuffed. He felt handcuffed to helping his dad. And Jesus says, no, 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 be careful not to say, well, as soon as this happens, then I will follow you. Jesus says, don't put life into compartments. I think a lot of times we have this mentality, this, uh, we struggle as Christians with the, uh, a symptom called as soon as symptoms, right? As soon as syndrome is when we constantly are pushing obedience down the road. Well, as soon as our finances are a little bit more stable, then. Well, as soon as the kids are out of soccer, then. As soon as I can get my marriage under control, as soon as this, as soon as whatever it might be, and we keep pushing obedience down the road, when Jesus says, no, 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 invest now, invest often, immerse your life in obedience. I think sometimes we're waiting and asking God to give us a five-year plan, and God's like, listen, I don't want to give you the five-year plan. I just want you to be obedient in the five-minute plan. Lots of five-minute steps of obedience will lead you into a five-year plan with Jesus that will be far greater and go beyond anything you could have ever asked or imagined. And many times, if the Lord would have shown you that five-year plan five years ago, you would have probably been so scared you would have never stepped forward in faith. And so what we say is we say, God, what do you want me to do in the next five minutes? Don't let me just keep pushing obedience down the road and, and doing something as soon as it's convenient or comfortable or whatever it might be. Help me be obedient now. Let's look at this third guy. He comes to Jesus and he says, Hey, listen, uh, let me first go back and say goodbye to my family. And he says, Jesus says, Anybody who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. In other words... Jesus says, anybody who's distracted by their own personal desires and goals, their own, their own things, if, if they're looking at themselves, they're never going to actually go full send for me. Full senders start to have total disregard for what it's going to cost their bodies in order to accomplish their tasks. My friends, we have a propensity to be distracted by me in this culture because we live in a consumer, individualistic culture. This guy teaches us that we need to deny narcissism in our lives. It's not about us, regardless of how much our culture says it is. And this has creeped its way into our walks with Jesus. We've asked questions like, what can serving Jesus do for me? What will I get out of church? What will I get out of this leadership position? I need to have a healthy balance. Is this church feeding me? Is this pastor's messages feeding me? And if we had to be honest, many of our worship songs we sing are more about how God makes me feel than about giving God praise for who he is. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we've Americanized that verse. And we've wrote it on our eye blocks and our basketball shoes. We say, Jesus, help me dunk a basketball and throw touchdowns, right? 
Essentially, we said, Jesus, here are my dreams. Can you bless them? Can you give me strength to do this stuff? Well, what if Jesus didn't ask you to throw a touchdown in the first place? What if he asked you to lay that dream down at his feet? You see, when we start to deny narcissism in our lives, God's plans become more important than our plans. And we start to realize that, like, his, his desires for our lives are way better than what our desires ever would be. Philippians 4.13 was written by Paul while he was in prison. He wasn't talking about some grandiose dream. He was talking about enduring the trials that he was facing currently for the gospel. You see, sometimes God asks us to go and do things that don't make sense, that maybe don't appear to have the influence, or aren't as flashy as, other, that, as what we would maybe like them to be. We have this saying in our ministry that there are no little people in no little places. In other words, it's not about us and our influence. It's about us being obedient to Jesus. Going to a village of 200 people on the Kuskokwim River doesn't make a whole lot of sense in terms of kingdom influence. Unless you start to view people the way God views people, which is that he is infinitely concerned about every single person in that village. So he is actually equally concerned about the two hundred people in Tuluksak, Alaska, as he is about anybody anywhere else. And so what I want you to hear this morning is that God is far more concerned about your level of obedience than he is about your level of perceived earthly influence. And so that coworker that he wants you to reach is actually infinitely as important. And that mission is actually infinitely as important to God as the pastor who stands on a stage and preaches to thousands. And your obedience is as important to God as that pastor's obedience is. I want to close with a story of my friends Megan and Cullen. Megan and Cullen are missionaries to Tuliksak, Alaska. They were in our 10-month training program, and when they were, we, uh, they came to us, and they, got, they gave us the news that they were expecting a child. And we were like, ooh, okay, what does this mean, right? You see, child care, or not child care, but, but the ability to have a baby is not possible really in a village. So you actually need to be on two plane rides in order to get to the nearest hospital that can deliver a child. And so we looked at them, we're like, what does this mean for you guys going out to, to a village? And they literally looked at us as if we were crazy. Like, what do you mean? The Lord told us to go, so we're going to go. It's like, sorry, didn't mean to insult you guys. So it's time to move to a village. Megan is seven months pregnant. She's out in the village for a month and then needs to go back to, uh, to the road system to have the child. They have the child. She waits for a month, makes sure the baby is all healthy, and she's about to move back out to Tuliksak. Cullen had already been out there teaching. And uh, they're on a bush plane, her and her one-month-old baby. And they're about to land in Tuliksak, Alaska, and the pilot pulls up and turns around, brings the plane back. She goes, what's going on? Why don't we land? He says, we can't land in Tuliksak. There's an active shooter in the village, and the entire thing is on lockdown. Her husband's in the village. She's by herself with a one-month-old baby. It obviously impacted both of these guys. What does this mean? Are we doing the right thing for our family? This is crazy. And they prayed about it, and they weighed the cost. And they had to overcome some of that trauma and bring some of that trauma to Jesus. And the conclusion that my heroes, Megan and Colin, came to is that the 200 people in Tuliksak, Alaska, because they're infinitely valuable to God, are worth them being discomforted are worth them getting out of their comfort zone and risking things for their family. Because if they don't go, who will? And Cullen told us last year 
that his plan for his family is to live the rest of their life in that village. That they plan to die in Tuluksak, Alaska. Because that is where the Lord has called them to be, and that is where the Lord has called them to have influence. If you bow your heads and close your eyes, my question for you this morning is simply this. Where have you drawn a line and said, I'm not willing to go past this, Jesus? Maybe it's a degree of comfort. Maybe you're struggling with that soon as syndrome, or maybe you've been looking for what following Jesus could do for you. And because you haven't seen, uh, that doesn't seem very influential. I'm just not going to say no. I'm just not going to say yes to that. Where have you drawn a line that Jesus wants to have you go full send right past this morning. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit this morning and just take a moment to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to do? We'll just take a moment to allow him to speak to us in this moment. Holy Spirit, we ask that the things that you're laying on people's hearts right now, maybe the people that you're laying on people's hearts right now to, to, to reach out to, Lord, that you'd give us courage to say yes, to go full sin, in Jesus' name. My second question is this, if you're here this morning and you need to make a decision for Christ, you'd like to accept him as your Lord and Savior, could you just raise a hand and, and look at me? Is that for anybody in here? Okay. I'm going to lead us in that prayer. And so, if you at all just repeat after me this prayer, and if you want to make that decision this morning, would you just pray this prayer and, and believe this in your heart? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize that I have sinned. And that my sin has separated me from you. But this morning, I'm accepting your forgiveness that you made available to me through dying for me on the cross. I am turning away from my old ways and I'm asking for strength to live for you for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. And let us let me just pray over all of us like this. Heavenly Father, I ask that this week as opportunities to go full send would come up. Would we say yes in Jesus' name? Amen. 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 Did you enjoy Stephen's ministry this morning? Thank you, my friend. So great to have you in Oklahoma. Thanks for challenging us, not only with what's happening in Alaska, but from God's word. I love it when people preach from the word of God. I want to remind you of a couple things before we go. There are some cases of water that were left over yesterday from the grocery giveaway. If that can bless your family, or if you can use that to bless another family, that would prevent us from having to store it. So will you do me a favor and take that with you this morning? And second, tonight at Awana, for those of you that have children in Awana, tonight is Western dress-up night at Awana, so we want you to be here and dressed up for that. If you have a student, Pastor Daniel and Emily are hosting Stephen tonight. He's going to be speaking right here to our students. We're believing that God is calling more young people into the ministry and into missions fields and into faraway places where they can share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus. We believe he's doing that across generations, but we're especially passionate about the next generation and seeing that happen. So make sure they are here for that this evening. Robin has just taken Stephen back to the Welcome Center. He'll be there to meet you afterwards. If you'd like to stop by and say hi to him, get a prayer card, learn more about. Would you go ahead and stand to your feet? I'm going to pray a benediction, a blessing over you in a moment. Let me say this before I do that. Because you so faithfully give every week, we were able this past year to send $25,000 and invest in the project in Alaska. We'll be able to do that again next year without taking up a special offering. Thank you for being faithful. When you give to missions, when you pay your tithes and offerings, this is the soil that you are investing in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. 
Now may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful week.